0: Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Hi, I'm John.
1: And I'm Jeff. And today, in this episode, we're talking about shared labor. It's a pretty exciting subject. I can tell from the expression on your face, you're very excited.
0: Well, it's a touchy topic.
1: Oh, do tell.
0: Well, I mean, we all have, I mean, there's a lot that gets done at the house, right? Yeah. There's a lot that gets done in life. And um, I know that it's kind of a joke. It's kind of a cliche that, you know, somebody feels like they get stuck with a lot of the stuff that goes on at the house. You know, there's a routine from a comedian that literally my wife and I almost fell down laughing. He says, so my wife goes out of town and um, she goes to a trip with her girlfriends. And I discover after 14 years of marriage that apparently she's been doing the majority of the housework and taking care of the kids. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, so the unbeknownst to me line was what really kind of made me giggle.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, today... The subject is exactly what you've said. What are we, how are we thinking as a couple about the common labor that gets divided at home relative to each person's work? How how do we relationally manage that? What does it have to do with money and finances?
0: Right. And what is labor? I mean, that's probably, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with because- there's a lot going on all day. There are a lot of things that um, have to happen in order for everything to get done. Um, And, you know, I I think it's kind of a challenge sometimes to, to recognize what all has to get done over the period of a day, a week or a year.
1: Yeah. And, and just to clarify too, it's not the actual labor. That's also um, important. It's, also the mental Mm -hmm. or emotional load of it. Correct. One person might be taking care of a subject, you know, laundry or take getting the kids to bed or whatever it is. And they're keeping track, you know, how's that kid's mood or is, is bedtime going to go smoothly tonight? What do we need to get done between now and 9 PM when they're down? You know, what are the special circumstances if, You know, if one of them is paying attention to the mental load of that and Mm -hmm. the other one isn't, there could be friction.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're also kind of talking about leadership, right? Yeah. You know, I lead out in the area of X, Y, and Z, and my spouse leads out in the area of A, B, and C. Right. And, you know, maybe I feel inadequate. Um, You know, maybe she feels underappreciated in those areas. Um, You know, that's what we're getting into today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever asked your partner for some kind of help and they don't seem to step up, that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm.
0: And just so you know, this is a financial topic because there are lots of things that happen every day that are financial in nature. You know, the simple act of going to a grocery store and shopping for the family has an impact on finances. For sure. Um, deciding what, to, what sporting events to sign your kids up for, um, to plan a vacation You know, to pay credit card bills. Are we going to pay the minimum? Are we going to pay more than the minimum?
1: Or whether to use a credit card.
0: Or whether to use a credit card. These are all parts of the activities of the load um, that we share together.
1: You know, one of the things that we consistently advocate is having and developing over time shared values. Mm -hmm. And we say it over and over. You know, how how do we fall back on our shared values and how to, and in this episode, I think it's important for us to make a tie between our shared values and our shared labor. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever really talked about this tie before, like the idea that our labor is potentially um, uh, connected to the things that we say are most important to us. We talk about it in other ways, right? We talk about our resources of, say, money. Mm -hmm should be connected to what you value. That's more than money, right? Right. That's more important than money, but really labor is a resource as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know, whether we're talking about, you know, mowing the lawn or folding the laundry, uh, doing the shopping or, you know, shuttling the kids around, those are all things that have to get done. They all fit into the things that we consider to be our core values
1: so what happens when we have some core values that we share, we've talked about, we both are invested in them, but one person in a relationship doesn't do as much of the labor spending that kind of resource towards our shared values? That's the question we're exploring today.
0: And, and I would say that what happens is you build resentment.
1: Yeah. It's a recipe for resentment if one person's not as invested in the labor or other parts of the shared values too.
0: You know, I, I could see it very easily that one spouse ends up feeling um, not as valuable, not as appreciated, um, a sense of entitlement that, you know, well, you're just going to do all these things that need to get done and and I don't have to do those things. I do this other thing that takes eight hours and you have to do this thing that takes 16 hours. And that's just, it's unspoken, but it creates all kinds of problems.
1: I've also heard circumstances where one person says, well, my partner likes it done a certain way. So I'm not going to participate. If Mm -hmm. I do it, they're just going to correct it anyway. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to participate.
0: So there's a lot of underlying tension and conflict around division of labor that That I'm guessing you see occasionally for sure um squirt out in other places mm-hmm. um during therapy, I would imagine,
1: yeah, you know once once these things, as you mentioned, go underground, they're unspoken, then they have this way of finding their way to the surface in some other spot. Mm-hmm. It's a grumpy moment, it's you know maybe some passive aggressiveness where they're not doing something they're supposed to be doing in order to make a point to their partner Mm -hmm. comes out in contempt or, you know, stonewalling that, that kind of like, I'm never going to talk to you again kind of thing. There's so many ways in which people find to express their resentment rather than just saying, Hey, I have this problem Mm -hmm. and I'd really like to work it out. You know, what can we do to figure this out together? Yeah, and
0: as, as we're kind of talking here, I'm kind of thinking through the system. You know, we talk about core values. We talk about being on the same page. But you could be financially on the same page. You could agree on a lot of these big things, but have actually not addressed a culture that you've established in your relationship that is uneven in this labor issue, right? Yeah, that's right. You could be highly successful in coming together and having shared language, shared goals, a shared plan, how you're going to do it, how you're going to be successful financially, you know, in your big goals as a family, and have missed this division of labor issue, and still have maybe a fair amount of things festering under the surface.
1: Yeah, I I would say it slightly differently, because I think you're not being successful if you haven't, shared the labor too amongst the other resources that you're using towards your shared values. But yes, I mean, you could on paper agree to everything and say, yes, let's go, let's move forward. And one person moves forward and the other one doesn't.
0: The other one heads to the couch and grabs the
1: remote. Exactly. So one person's pulling on the rope and the other one's not. And you know, the whole point of this is that we both pull on the, on the rope together in the same direction. So it is definitely a problem if we don't understand that it, our shared values need to have labor added to them. Correct. As well as the other resources added to them.
0: So I'm going to say that it would be pretty important for us to start maybe with the idea, if, if this is a sticky point um, in the relationship, maybe, maybe it would be fair to say that if this is a sticky point, one person is far more aware of it than the other.
1: There is probably a big chunk of people who are not doing as much labor, who are overestimating how much they actually do. Their contribution.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Maybe they think they're doing 50%, or maybe they even think they're doing more than 50%, but in fact, not so much. Mm -hmm. So I suspect for those, I don't know what percentage of people that is, but I'm guessing it's a big chunk. For those people, they think everything's rosy. And the the other person is pulling their last hair out thinking, you know, why doesn't my partner contribute?
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm a financial guy, Jeff, relational guy. Yeah. Um, Help me with this one because I'm I'm betting we have a few spouses who are listening to this going, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I live this every day. Right. It, It wouldn't be the first time I've asked somebody to help, right? Right. And- and maybe I get help for a couple minutes, but there's no buy-in. That's right. So how do we move from this system? And maybe we need to go back after we talk about this for a little bit and look at some of the reasons why this, this, this disconnect can exist.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's important to understand causes across life. If something is yeah. not working the way you want it to work, it's important to find causes. And obviously, lots of problems in life are caused by multiple things. It's not like you're just going to have one cause
0: for it. I get this strange idea. You're about to say curiosity might be helpful here.
1: Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I think one of the places we start with this is having conversation with our partner that's born out of curiosity, just kind of learning and talking about what their families were like when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. How was labor divided in their house when they were growing up? Because right. that was the model that they saw. Right. So for them, that seems native. That's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, you, why would you do anything other than that? It worked for that family. Why wouldn't it work for us? But obviously, you know, lots of couples don't have that conversation before they get married, right? Or before they move in, or before their relationship is serious, you mm-hmm. know? So. They're both bringing a set of assumptions about how couples should work yeah. to their relationship. Expectations about what the other person will do to help me. That's right. And obviously, because they came from different families, most likely their families looked different in this mm-hmm. regard. They're probably not thinking about it in the same way.
0: Yeah, I, you know, if you've been married for 30, 40 years, you've kind of worked this out. Maybe successfully, maybe not, but right. you've at least worked it out. And if you've grown up in a family that that where it was all worked out, you kind of have an idea of again unwritten rules, unwritten roles. Right. Um, my story is kind of interesting. I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm with a single mom. So I was accustomed to one person did everything, mm-hmm. and I was accustomed to helping out as much as I could. You know, with literally the chickens and the, you know, the horses and mm-hmm. the, you know, the farm equipment and the fences and all of that kind of labor. Yeah. Right. A lot of labor. And now I live in town in a small housing addition. There's no more chickens, at least not really close. There's chickens, but anyway, not our chickens. Yeah. Um, but there's not all the stuff that I used to think was my job. Very little of that is there to do. Sure. So, what do you do? So, I've had to kind of redefine my role with my spouse. Yeah. As to how helping, what does helping look like here?
1: Yeah. What does, what should you be responsible for?
0: Yeah. Where can I carry my half of the load or my part of the load?
1: Yeah. And I think what you've just said is a really great example of how we might begin to solve this problem. Like let's look at our history and see what was normal for us. Mm -hmm. And now let's look at our present and see what might be different. And what's needed. Yeah. And then divvy it up. You know, you and your wife I'm sure had conversations over time as your kids were growing up. And even before you had kids Mm -hmm. because the labor changes over time, right? right? We're all in a developmental trajectory and it's, You know, the labor changes as children age. That's right. So you have to keep adjusting and having these conversations. And I think one of the things that also needs to happen is a fair
0: assessment where both parties kind of list what they think they're currently responsible for. Yes. Because I don't think that that one actually gets communicated really well.
1: I I think this is um, a really great idea, and it stems from your idea early in our work together that it's important to understand your location. Mm-hmm. In this instance, we're talking about your location being writing down in a realistic way a list of the things that you're actually responsible for, the, the mental responsibility, the emotional responsibility, but the actual physical labor of it, and having some kind of a real conversation with your partner like, okay, you know these things take X amount of time, these things are you know, in what priority on our total priority list? And are we working together as a team to pull on the on that rope together? Right. And, and this is one of those times
0: people, you know, when I meet with uh, families, and we're talking about uh, financial concerns, we're paying paying down debt, or we're doing some uh, financial exploration, looking at, you know, location issues. They always say, how do you want us to do this? You know, give me the worksheet, give me the recipe. Give me the form, the magic formula that successful couples know how to do this. There isn't one. And I can tell you, in fact, in, in my marriage, the way that we have done finances has changed more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, there's been times when I've been in charge of paying the bills. There's been times um, my wife has been in charge of paying the bills, but that's not even a left or right up or down situation. We now kind of have a hybrid where, She's scheduling the bills. Everything's kind of gone online now, right? Mm-hmm. She's scheduling the bills, but we have several conversations or meetings where we're talking about cash flow upcoming, and so she kind of relies on me for some of the planning that goes around that, and she does the implementation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she'll go on and find out why we didn't get a statement on something, but you know, I'll be saying, "Hey, I think we should be you know paying our mortgage off faster. I think we could, you know, because of whatever." So we work together on that, but we've divided the labor of, even the labor of managing the finances is yeah. now divided in some strange ways.
1: Yeah, you do what works for you. Right. We do a similar thing, my wife and I do a similar thing, where I'm, I pay the bills and I keep the mental notes of how our dollars come in and out mm-hmm. of the family. And then on a weekly basis, we have a check-in where I literally print up, you know, like um, effectively what is a profit and loss for the home, right? Right. And she and I review and say, oh, what was this expense for? And why was it this much? Or, you know, is this a spot where we could save some money? Or is this a Mm -hmm. spot where we'd like to spend some money? So that even though I keep the mental labor on this particular thing, she's up to speed. She Mm -hmm. knows week to week where we are all the time. Right. So it allows us to have a shared experience around the money, even though she doesn't have to check the accounts every day and so on. I feel
0: like, though, up to this point, Jeff, we have kind of left out the $64,000 question, which is and it's probably the toughest one to ask in your relationship. And that is. Do both of us want to have a fair engagement in the labor to move this family forward?
1: I think there are going to be a certain percentage of couples where the answer by one of them is no. They don't want a fair division of labor. Like they sit down and they write down all the things they do and they think, I don't want to do anymore. I can't do anymore. And There, there could be some reasons for that. Like mm-hmm. maybe one person has a chronic illness that's debilitating. Right. So maybe they're not able to share in half of the labor or maybe they can only do some kinds of labor and not other kinds. Okay. But but, but let's talk about the ones that are right down the middle. Yeah. And, and they have the ability, but they just don't want to do it.
0: Because I, I think you could go, we could waste a ton of, a couple could waste a ton of time talking about ways to even things up. Yeah. But if you've got one party who doesn't want to pull evenly on the rope, then I mean, that kind of has to happen early, that there's a decision that, hey, not only are these our core values, are these the things that are more important than money, but we are also therefore agreeing that we're going to give even effort, even responsibility, even um, mental stress, mental planning, mental engagement. That's right. In advancing our cause.
1: So if you find yourself in this situation where your partner is not wanting to give an equal amount of labor to the relationship, there needs to be a series, not just one, Mm -hmm. a series of difficult conversations explaining the impact of the other person's decision on you Mm -hmm. um, and what it means for your relationship, Mm -hmm. saying overtly, this is hurting me, this causes resentment in me. I feel angry at you. I feel resentment or whatever it is you feel. The the hundreds of possible configurations of how you might experience this mm-hmm. because that thing needs to get solved before there's any real motivation for change.
0: Okay. So, Jeff, you just said motivation. I'm going to latch on to that. And I want you, if you would, to kind of speak towards maybe the partner who says, um, I'm really not happy that I'm now listening to this episode because my spouse is getting ready (laughs) to ask me to step up. Right. I don't want to do that. I'm trying to think of why how I'm going to get out of this. Jeff, what's the motivation to say, Hey, you know what? Life would be better. Yes. It's going to be more work, but life will be better if I carry my part of the load and fully support the family that we're in, in a way that my partner respects.
1: My, my guess is that most people would, consciously agree with what you just said like life is going to be better if we both contribute 50 50 right but and but is the important word there there's going to be something else in the way Mm -hmm. something there isn't going to be i couldn't say something right now to that person and give them a piece of motivation that fixes that problem Mm -hmm. the truth is they have to do the inner labor about this they have to know why their attitude functions this way Where does it come from? Why is it like this? What would have caused something like this? Do they understand the cost it has to their partner? What are they doing or not doing Mm -hmm. to try to enhance the relationship? And why would they not do things to make the relationship grow? There's a ton of exploration that needs to happen on that side. Maybe they do it or maybe they don't. And that leaves the other partner in a quandary like you know, I presume there's there's love between them mm-hmm. and they want the relationship to work. Right. So the person who's doing more of the labor while doing most of the labor mm-hmm. is going to also have to sort of step up and fight, you know, like I want this relationship to work, but what you're doing is making it not work. Why is this happening? And press them. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe there's something on the person who is also doing more of the work maybe they're contributing somehow to the problem no idea sure that's for them to figure out right mm-hmm. go to therapy if you need to go to therapy yeah this is too complex to you know have a have someone who can sit down and have an outside view of all of this and, and get. And
0: i about. hope what people are hearing is is that relationships like this when things aren't going right and you can't put your finger on why and all of the why won't you i don't know i don't you know all of this confusion is complexity it's internal complexity Yeah, and um, it can be addressed. Yeah, It can be worked out over time. You can make change. Um, you can become something that you currently are not.
1: Yeah. You know, there's some things I would want people to do. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is do the best they can to avoid blame. Pointing the finger, generally not a helpful strategy. Not a good way to get someone to change their motivation, mm-hmm. right? But if you're inviting them to, to repair the disconnection mm-hmm. and you're invested in caring about them, even though you feel as if they're dropping the ball in some way, then you have the opportunity to, assuming they're willing, to create some change. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing I would want them to do if they have not done it already is to make sure that they are having conversations about what's most important to them. You know, we're, we're presuming that's already occurred, and for lots of people it may have, but for some people it may not. So maybe we need to start at the beginning. What's most important? What shared values do they have? What, what is it that they want to work toward together? Mm-hmm. What do they want to build in one year, five years, 10 right. years, 15 right. years? And I then think- make sure that you're inviting them when they're not doing the labor, inviting them to pull on that rope, the you know the same way you are,
0: right? I'm thinking um, you said, hey, you know, pointing the finger isn't a great place to start. You know, we did that episode on gratitude, right? And this may be a good time just to revisit Go back, that, yeah, and say, hey, you know, when you are getting behavior that you like, when you are when someone is doing something for you. Um, that is advancing your cause, you know, remember to say thank you. Remember to be genuinely appreciative. Um, people tend to um, like that. Um, they tend to want yeah. to do more of the things that sure. get a positive response. For sure. Um, it sounds very simple, but it's very powerful. Um, you know, if all you hear is negative, uh, it's a pretty tough place to want to,
1: you know, fight. When I, need to, when I need to make a complaint, I'll often start by saying something genuine, not made up because your partner always knows when you're trying to, <laughs> yes, they do. Right. And something genuine that I appreciate and then I make whatever complaint I, I, have. And then typically, you know, we talk about that dilemma and vice versa,
0: you know. So let's start wrapping this up. Um, one of the things that I'm going to recommend that people do is remember, this is not a competition. You're not in competition to see who's doing the most. Or Or who has the hardest. Or who who has the toughest job. Or who is right and who is wrong. That's not what we're trying to do. We're on the same team. We're partners. And so we're trying to advance our cause. That's our goal. And we want to make sure that we have done our best to advance our partnership's goals. So even during the process where you're you know kind of listing out what it is that each of you does when you're finding your location when it comes to this labor don't make it a competition of who's doing the most don't defend yourself if you're not you know let it be what it is let the truth come out um, and and be graceful through that process
1: and if you're struggling with that say it out loud this is hard i need help can you help me with how to think about this or I'm feeling pain about this. You know, can we talk about that pain?
0: Um, I want to talk about the idea of connecting labor to your common core values. You may think, well, I hate doing the laundry, but doing the laundry doesn't have anything to do with our core values. Oh, really? Try finding, you know, that you don't have any clean shirts to wear to work. Mm -hmm. Um, try finding that you're late because you know, you can't find something to wear. Yeah. Um, try finding that your feet are cold all day because you know you can't find any socks. I mean, it's basics, it's fundamentals, it's infrastructure yeah. that has to be in place for the family to thrive. So they all connect back. All the things that we do, filling the fridge, um, getting the school supplies for the kids, it all connects back to accomplishing our core values. So make sure you're connecting that when I'm doing these things, I'm advancing the cause of the family. And I guess the last thing is, is just looking at this invitation to work together. You know, when you're talking about date night, we always talk about some great questions to ask on date night. How about just something really simple of how can I support you better? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com.